everybody. Thank you for listening to the Worship Distributed Podcast. Uh, this is Stephen Walgamont, your host today, and I am by myself up here in the upstairs uh, story of the third, uh, excuse me, the B building, the third floor, the top story um, up here. And um, yeah, so I wanted to talk to everybody today and kind of share some things that I've been thinking about. You know, I've been in music ministry for a long time, about 20 years from a, I guess, get a paycheck standpoint. Uh, and then, of course, growing up involved in a lot of different aspects of it. And, you know, one of the things that that I think is important um, is to be an encourager to your people that are, you know, on your worship team, uh, in your music ministry, but also that we are an encourager to the people that are leading worship, like your, your worship leader and your worship pastor. Now I'm not saying that because I want to be, I've got a wonderfully encouraging church that I get to serve and, and it's a privilege to serve. I, I love it. I've been here at first Baptist church Leesburg for, for 14 years uh, and it's it's an amazing place. Um, the people, my goodness, have just been so kind and gracious uh, to me and then to my family. You know, Jennifer and I, when we came, you know, when we came, it, it was there was it was just us. It was just me and Jennifer, and we didn't have any kids yet. We were about five years into being married, and this was in two thousand eight, in February of oh eight, and. It wasn't too long after that that Natalie was born in 09, and then we, you know, the boys came into our home and, and were adopted. Caroline was born, and we got to do a lot of that life with the people here at the church, and it's just been a wonderful thing. Uh, we are always pretty willing to share and engage our lives with people uh, and have a pretty reasonable level of transparency with folks. And I think that's really important. And so we have such a wonderful body of believers here at First Baptist Church Leesburg. And I pray that wherever you go, that you are a part of a body like that, that you are engaged in a church that loves each other, loves people, loves the gospel, loves their uh, pastoral staff like ours does. On top of that, like I have the advantage of having an incredible boss, uh, senior pastor, who I say that knowing he does not at all listen to this podcast, <laughs> but but that he is just worth saying it about no matter if anybody would listen. He is an amazing guy that loves Jesus, loves his staff. He loves me. He obviously, of course, loves his family, his wife more than anything other than Jesus. I mean, he's just such an incredible guy, the same guy that you hang out with uh, on the uh, sanctuary floor as the guy that is preaching from the sanctuary stage. And so that is such an important thing and something that's a blessing to me because he's a worshiper when it comes to songs as well. He's not sitting down reading his notes, reviewing what he's going to say. He's engaged. He's worshiping and he's singing and he's a good musician in his own right. His hands are up, he's engaging with the text. 
he's praying with his eyes closed sometimes while we're singing. Maybe he's praying that it gets better. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it could be that. But he is ended up being a guy that I love as a friend personally, and we have this important balance, which is the onus is on me to keep that balance and not him of friend slash subordinate, and I'm completely comfortable and happy with that positioning and relationship. So like those kind of things are, and I've, and obviously I've got a wonderful group of colleagues to be with. And, and, and then of course, many, many of you that listen are folks that we engage on a individual basis or in a small group basis regularly, whether it be rehearsals or sound checks and all those kind of things. And, and you're just all so wonderful and people that I love and make ministry a blessing and easy One of the things that happens, though, is is social media. So here's 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 my issue with social media, because everybody feels more empowered than they actually are, and I think we've all we've all fallen into that trap before. I mean, think about it. You know, all we've gone through, uh, you know, over the past, you know, let's say however many years, five, six, eight years. And social media has become more and more and more and more of a part of our life. You know, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, uh, Twitter, TikTok, all those kind of things. Now, I'm only on Facebook. I think my pool company has an Instagram account. I don't do TikTok. I don't do Snapchat. Uh, I don't think they're probably... There, none of them are incredibly healthy platforms. Those last couple, I think, are probably the most most unhealthy. But pretty much the only one I ever kind of engage in is Facebook. But I think no matter what you do, now social media has caused people to feel like they are experts at everything. At everything. Like, we're going through a pandemic, and so now everybody is is pandemic experts um, vaccine experts, uh, you know, all those kind of things. Right. And, and I'm not, I'm not stating a a position. I have very strong positions on that, you know, uh, certain things and, 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 and I really do, but those are positions for me that I take. And then, and then like everybody becomes, you know, war, war experts, everybody becomes experts on, you know, whatever the, the, the current thing is, that's a big deal. And I'm not against people speaking out, about something that they see and see happening, giving their thoughts on it and all that kind of stuff. Uh, that's fine. There's, you know, I, I believe people should be, you know, free to speak and free to express their opinions, no matter where, you know, what angles they come from, no matter what they're rooted in. Like I'm like, I'm all about that life. Like that's fantastic. But I think the danger is, is that we began to speak so confidently and dogmatically about things that honestly, maybe we could be good at or smart at, but we haven't really thought through. We haven't actually studied it. And many times haven't even read the article. And, we make these long posts and, and we say these things and I, and I know, I have no doubt in the past that I've been guilty of that. I will say over the past several years, I've just really tried to steer away from engaging in anything like that. That could be a problem. But I, I want to circle this towards 
the church because this secular mindset of what's wrong and what's been going on in culture and how we're going to speak against it and uh, speak on a political sphere, speak on a community sphere and all these kind of things. Again, that's fine. Again, let's do that. Now has moved into like this public uh, situation where we can write articles about the church and and I will say that since sin nature is so prevalent in all of our lives, that we tend to lean towards and find some weird sense of fulfillment and excitement hearing and reading the negative stuff. And I think there's a lot of times where we have to speak out against stuff and, and stand up for stuff for sure. There's no question about that. But I guess what I have the biggest issue is is this, is that oftentimes people will go to this platform and what they'll do is they'll write an article. And in that article, they'll write about, you know, something that goes on in the church that honestly is often not a biblically argumentable um I mean, a biblically like issue thing where you could actually find like a clear instruction in the Bible on this thing. It's most times like opinions coming from a good place, coming from a background that uh, carries certain connotations from, you know, where you grew up, where you went to church or didn't go to church or what, what you were doing as uh, in your church growing up or what you were doing, uh, you know, outside of the church and lost and this is what you came out of and like all these kind of things. And then there's, there's always some verses that can give us some general insight into almost, uh, you know, really into every issue, but then it becomes this dogmatic thing where we begin to do what Paul says and start to like fight over disputable like matters, like matters that can be handled in multiple ways. So I've done a lot of buildup and and I'm going to like bring the airplane in on the target, which is articles that are written about worship leaders, worship ministry and worship music. And frankly, like I, I've had enough of it. I, I'm tired of seeing it. It's exhausting because because almost every time I read one of those articles, in it, there's these stories that are told about this anecdotal situation where something happened in the worship service and it looked like this and it sounded like this and the worship leader did this and, and all this kind of thing happened. And then, and then, and then, so now this happened and then, and then it becomes kind of mean and critical and it's just like, why? I don't want to read your article anymore because your opinion is not even like helpful because you're just a uh, unhappy person. And that just, that just bothers me because these article, I read it, there was an article the other day and the article was titled worship leaders, stop killing your people. Okay. First off, first off, what in the world? So, so you're just mimicking like the clickbait people by giving it a title like that so that people will be like, Oh yeah, let's, let's see how worship leaders are killing their people. And I get it, like hyperbole. Like, that's fine. Like, we all use it. I use it all the time. 
but you know, and, and, and I read and I read other articles where you know they 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 trash the way the the, the worship leader looks, or or then maybe the way uh, he or she sounds, or you know what they did in church and like all this kind of stuff. And it's like it's like stop it, stop. And 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 it's always written by it's always written by like somebody that was either once kind of that was once in ministry for a while or or maybe is in you know in a current kind of like very like direct uh part of ministry uh that that has a very specific way they do things and so anybody almost on the planet that's also in that that style of ministry is going to be doing it different than them and you you see these things, and then what happens is the comment feeds light up with people, you know, in public giving like these disparaging reports on their church's worship leader, on you know, on the well. I wish we would. It was, and it's like really, like I want to write an article, and maybe I'll do it that says that says, "Hey, people, stop killing your worship leaders." Now, this is not, this has nothing to do with me. Like, I, I don't, I, I've not, I'm sure people have strong opinions about me on both sides because I think I could be a pretty polarizing figure. And I'm okay with that. Like, I've learned to be okay with that. Like, it's not always been easy. It's kind of hard when you're publicly in front of people and, and you do wonder, like, what do they think about me? And I get comments on what I look like and what I sound like. And did I get a haircut? And you have facial hair and like, blah, blah, blah. And like, you kind of get used to that kind of stuff. And in the past, I've gotten the really angry notes and the mean letters and all that kind of stuff. And it was hurtful. And the past people on my staff have gotten angry letters and mean notes and those kind of stuff and that kind of stuff. And, and the problem is, is that like, I know their heart uh, of the, of the people that received those notes. And I'm like, how dare somebody write them something that mean they've had to like, keep me from sending the response email that generated somewhere between the flesh and the spirit on that scale, probably leaning on the flesh side of the scale of a direct response, which somehow I'm surprisingly decent at. So, but, but I will say like what I'm talking about though, is not like past hurts. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I promise I'm not like dredging those. I don't, I'm good. I really am. But, but, but I'm saying this from a defense of, of, of my colleagues in worship ministry that I know and that I don't know. Please, other people in worship ministry, please, other senior pastors, please, other guys that are still in, still teaching at seminary and maybe have never really actually had the responsibi- responsibility of being in ministry, but you're just a really good teacher and you just stayed in school all the way through getting your doctorate, all the way through getting your paycheck and you're still getting it until you retire. That's fine. Like, we need that. We need the educators. But please, all you people, like, stop writing these articles that are disparaging, that are not helpful helpful to worship leaders. And, and, and I don't doubt that at some level, I think the desire to be helpful is there at some level, maybe there's some really good content that could be pulled out of it. But I just want to say like, how about let's just be super encouraging to our worship leaders, to people that are on the stage singing in the praise team that are playing their instruments that are in the drum cage that are on behind the soundboard. Let's be encouraging to those people. And let's tell them thanks. Thanks for showing up. Thanks for putting yourself out there. Thanks for being on the stage in front of people 
bearing something out to them and like exposing something about yourself that is one of the most sensitive things about you. And that's like your talent, your voice. And it, and it's at all sizes of churches and it's at all different levels. And there's just people up there that are taking their life that have taken their experiences and they're trying to lead in worship. They're doing their best to lead people in singing. And yeah, worship is way bigger than that. Worship is all the way from, from being personal times of worship through singing, through prayer, through giving, through personal spiritual disciplines, to corporate worship through singing, through prayer, through giving, through hearing God's word and responding to it like this big package because God deserves to be worshiped. You know, and, 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 the, and, the, and the guy or the gal that's up there like up front leading and that spent their week like planning and that, that uh, thought about how they could spend their Saturday night because they knew they had to get up and be ready to sing like early Sunday morning. And they, they spent their week doing whatever it is. Maybe they're full-time at the church or maybe they're bivocational or maybe they're just like seriously bivocational and they only have time just to show up and do what they do. And so they rely on a lot of stuff to to help them get their music sets together and to get their core charts together and to practice their instrument and to learn the song and, and depending on the size of your church or the tech in your church, you know, to pull all that together and make sure the slides are there and the screens are working. And if you're using clicks and tracks, you make sure those are to there and, and you're, 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 you're handling the phone calls of the people that will or won't show up to practice or will or won't show up to sing that Sunday morning because this or that or the other went down or you're handling the pastoral side of the people that aren't well that are struggling or the people that are just in a hard hard health situation or something went on or they had some kind of major loss and so you're like working through that with them uh whoever that is and you've got all the stuff like i say like how about we just start being like super encouraging to our worship leaders because you know what it's been so long now that we've just still like, you know, people are still trying for whatever reason to talk about this whole like contemporary versus traditional thing. Are, are, seriously, like, can we just stop that? Like, can we just move on from that? Like, can we just look at the local fellowship of believers and, and say like, okay, man, this, this song is speaking to me and I believe it will speak to you and I'm just going to put it. I'm just going to put it out there. You know, could, could we do that? You know, could we, could we let, could we let people do that? I apologize. Actually, that was funny. Like I think I was getting like kind of fired up and then like Siri, um, Siri was also very fired up uh, with me and she was like, say it again. That's what she said. Something like that. Or I didn't understand what you were saying. Could you please try again? It was something along that lines. I'm not really sure, but I just, uh, yeah. Anyways. So, can we can we can we just kind of move on like past that? I mean, I think most I think most people have, but man, you still see these articles pop up and then the comment feed just blows up. And and it, it's like it's, it's almost like so irrational on I hate to say it, but it's almost so irrational on the traditional side. I mean, and if and if if I have to if I have to say this, I love all kinds of music that is God honoring, that the people can engage with, that the people can sing corporately. But the beautiful thing is, is that that corporate time that we have to worship together is about 30 minutes a week. If you just go to one service, it's about 30 minutes a week. But you know what? In the rest of the week, you have what? You have 168 hours minus that 30 minutes of available time to pick what you want to listen to and worship God to. I mean, that's a lot of time. 
That's a lot of time. And, and, and you know, and, and, and to be honest with you, like, I don't, I'm sure they, I'm sure they're out there, but I don't know how many people that have ever asked this question have been able to say, like, yeah, basically when I get in my car, like, all I do is listen to hymns. I mean, it, I'm, I know it exists. Don't get me wrong. I, mean, I, I do with Steven. I, I can't believe you would say that. Like, no, I'm, I'm not arguing that that happens. I'm just saying, I mean, the, the, truth, is, the truth is this. And, and this is, again, like, this is not me dissing hymns. This is me dissing that debate. Because, you know what, there are songs that are not great hymns, that are not great gospel songs from, the, from back of the day. Just because they made the cut in the hymn book does not make, and depending on which hymnal you look at, does not make them good songs. Let's just be honest about it. Come on. Come on, let's just be serious about that. And then there's some that are just so amazing, that are so incredibly majestic, that the lyrical setting is so good. And you know, a lot of times, people don't actually realize that a lot of hymns are not necessarily that lyric and that, that tune that were written together at the same time, and that's the way it's always been. A lot of time, it's this, it's this meter that the, the, the writing has been set to a meter, a poetic meter, and then what you do is you find a tune that has that same meter, and then you can position that poetry, that song on top of that meter, and then sing it. So a lot of the hymns that we look at, you know, people are like, oh, you didn't sing that the way, the way it was written. It's like, well, actually, it was written just the lyrics and this was just a tune that was set to it because it fit from a meter standpoint. And there's some like majestic, majestic ones, but think about this. It wasn't until the fifties that how great they were really kind of started to get into normal like cycles and it was controversial. It was a controversial thing. And Eventually, as we know now, like it's very like not controversial, and it's very like in like I love it, like and I love it, and 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 then we could go through like great like there's tons of great hymnody. There's tons of great gospel songs that came out of out of like the out of the D L Moody and Ira Sankey as they as they like toured and like preached the gospel and 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 shared and sang and and they had to do songs that were that were upbeat and energetic and so they did like the power in the blood and like you know these you know all, all these kind of songs like you know songs about you know count your blessings and and all these kind of things and 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 they're wonderful gospel songs that came from a time where they were written because they were needed and we should still sing them, especially when they fit your people, especially when they fit your content, especially as you looked at them and the theology works. I'm just saying like God didn't stop writing songs. And so he's still writing new music and he's still giving us words and lyrics and he's still giving melody lines. Of course, there's probably no new melody line out there, but you know, it just is what it is. And so, so, so there's people today that, that reach this place of like spiritual, like, wow, this is something that's moving to me. And so they write a song based on it. And we should sing it. We should sing it if it's good. We should sing it if the words are true. We should sing it if it ministers to our local congregation. And so like in the inverse, of course the songs that aren't good songs, that are not singable, that, that the lyrics aren't good, like yeah, of course we shouldn't sing them. And, and by good, I mean theologically sound, true to the scripture, 
true to the truths of Scripture, of course we shouldn't sing them. But good night. Stop beating the living daylights out of your worship leaders. Uh, and, and, and when I say worship leaders, I do mean a very inclusive word. They're not just guys that are like me that like do it in a sense for a living, but, but, but people that are on the teams and people that are part-time and people that are showing up to rehearsals or people that are leaning in a little college ministry as a volunteer and all those kind of things, whatever, like stop beating them up, like be encouraging to them. Tell them thanks. Tell them you did a good job. And yeah, you know what? Like, man, if a song is like, if a song is like absolutely theologically incorrect, like, you know what? You may, and and let's say like it hits once in your service and then maybe it comes back and you see it kind of sticking in there and it's just kind of really getting you. And I'm talking about like you can legitimately argue it. Like you can clearly articulate like that theology is off. Like that's not good. It's bad theology according to scripture and, and not because you don't like the way that things were worded and you know, looking at it, like it could have honestly been men that way, but you're just not really uh, willing to give it the benefit of the doubt. Like don't argue that because if you're not willing to give somebody the benefit of the doubt, when the benefit of the doubt would be like really good theology that actually makes sense. And maybe you're just kind of seeing it in a different way then like, don't. But if you're like looking at it, it's like blatantly wrong. Like I see it, it's wrong. But you know what? Honestly, as a worship leader, I, I may have like accidentally had one or two of those, but I think even those might've just been like something where it was like arguable, like an arguable thing where not like we would argue about theology, but I would argue about the intent of the phrase. But you know what? For me, like, that's fine. If it's something that's going to cause, like, several people to be like, what was the intent of that phrase? Like, if the song doesn't do a great job of speaking for itself, I don't mind pulling it. Uh, yeah, I don't mind. But, man, like, I watch these, I watch these articles where, like, this is, they just trash, they just trash churches that, that, and their worship leaders that, that lead, like, newer music. You know what? Maybe, maybe this new worship leader didn't grow up in church. And doesn't know all the old music. Not wrong with learning it. I say go for it. But maybe you can give them some space. Maybe we could take ownership for the fact that he didn't grow up in church and he didn't get to learn that music. What y'all been doing? I get that that could carry across to me on many issues in life. What have I been doing? You know, that's going to you know affect the next generation. Sure. And yeah. Yeah, but at some point, you know, maybe we could take take a little ownership too. I just want to do this podcast in support of worship leaders, worship teams, sound crews, video crews that are just that are just in there because they feel called to serve. Love the gospel. Love the Jesus that gives us the gospel and show up and do it. That's, that's what I'm saying. Hey, that's, that's where I'm at. I love leading worship. I, I love singing with people. It's my favorite thing. It's so, so much fun. It is so much fun. I love conducting the choir. 
Like I love looking at the choir and seeing all these people looking back at me and, and they're just opening their mouths in, 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 in unison timing singing. It's amazing. We had first Wednesday prayer, first Wednesday of the month, everybody comes together and sings and prays and takes the Lord's Supper. And, and, and there's people from all three campuses in our downtown campus. They're filling up the room. It's getting more and more the first of every month. We had, I don't know, I bet probably around 400. Pastorally speaking, we had 783 people there. Reality, somewhere between 350 and 4 is my guess. It's, it could be, could be a little less, could be a little more, but it's more than we've had at the previous ones. And Brenda, Brenda like is, has been singing with me. Brenda Rosa has been singing with me for 14 years. She's awesome. She's my friend. And these kind of events, like I just, she, she and I've worked together for so long that it's just like, Hey Brenda, like come tonight, let's sing together. And she's like, I'll be there. And she shows up. And so we got up there and we're singing, we're singing, Lord, I need you. We're singing sweet hour of prayer. We're singing, be thou my vision. And we've got this room full of people and we're singing, Lord, I need you. And, and all these songs really, but we're singing it. And, and honestly, and she, she would concur with this. We stepped back from the mic and they were just belting it because they were all singing together. Lord, I need you. Sweet hour of prayer. It's a beautiful thing. But man, if you're trashing the people that are trying to pull that together, especially, and I'm not even talking about church members here. Like I'm speaking on like a bigger scale. Although if you're like a church member, like don't be that person. I'm not saying you don't ever get to disagree with something, but we're like a family. And so like you, you kind of deal, like you, you could deal with things like as a family, you don't have to, you don't have to like publicly like be mean to somebody. You don't, you don't have to go and like even, even privately be mean to somebody, but you can, you could probably just be like, man, here's where I'm really struggling. Can you help me with this? Like, can you help me understand? And, and, and then, and then like after you've done that, like if there's some space where you can kind of give a little, like you give a little and you just kind of deal with it and you take that other like 167 and a half hours you have in your week and you like, um, worship the way you need to. Now, granted, if somebody's doing something just like blatantly wrong, yeah, like absolutely, like you could try to deal with it. And if if it's still blatantly wrong and you just can't get it, get it right, like you you might need to move on to another fellowship. Why? Not so you feel better, but so it's a place where you can actually engage in the family of God and do family of God things without like having like one thing like throw you off. Because that's why church exists. Church exists is because we are we are the bride of Christ that has come together as the family of God to reach the world for the cause of Jesus Christ so that all may hear and everybody can know and that people will worship the Lord here on earth before they are forced to be reckoned with, uh, their life is forced to be reckoned with in eternity. Like that's what we do. And so like my thing is, is like, Hey, like professional dudes and other dudes like in, in this thing and, and, and professional ladies and other ladies in this world of like worship ministry or even ministry in general that just feel like your platform is something you need to write. And you kind of write things that like just speak to your base, like stop it, like stop doing it. 
why not why not write like a like a great blog on like this amazing worship experience you had and what it was like and what you felt and what was life changing about it and why it was amazing and what changed your heart and what caused you to see God clearer, what caused you to worship Jesus in a more full way and to sense the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. Like write that letter, write that blog post, like record that, put that down. Like let's do that. You know, let's let's set our, our, our future worship leaders up for success. My daughter, I got to go during the first Wednesday prayer last night. Uh, I was watching the schedule really close because I knew my daughter was singing in in the uh, middle and high school um, worship service down the hallway. So I lean over to Brenda, like I looked like I had a window, and I'm like, look, I got to. I got to run down there because I, I want to I wanna engage with that. Like, I want to see that. And so I got to go in there, and I stood in the back, and I got to listen to my daughter and several of her friends and the little band lead other middle and high schoolers in worship. And it was so special, and I won't forget it. Because, like, I know her. And I love her. And she led me in worship. Because they sang just great songs that I love. And you know what? To be honest with you, because I love her. Listen to this. You ready? Because I love her. Even if it was some songs that maybe I didn't really particularly care for, I still would have been so proud to be under her worship leading. And I would have worshipped. Because worship is not about the activities and the things that you particularly care for. You know, I, I don't particularly care for getting up at 1130 and going and finding this guy and his girlfriend that were like overdosing and getting kicked out of the hotel. And they had to get they had to get to the rehab place. And I had to go find him in Eustis at a hotel and load him up in a truck, in the truck with me and a friend that was willing to come with me that night. I don't particularly look forward to that. So what, do I get mad at a church that asks me to do that and then go to another one? I'm, I'm just asking the questions. You know, maybe, that, maybe that's a false comparison or whatever, but... I don't, I don't deserve, I deserve to have better than to have to do that, right? I deserve better because I'm a giver. Oh, well, congratulations. Nah, come on. We're better than this. Come on, church. I'm I apologize for if it is unintentionally coming across as if I'm sitting on like this platform higher than I should be because I'm not doing that. I do want everybody to understand that I 
I really want the best for God's church. And because I am in worship leading and I, and I know some about it, I want the best for that ministry and the people that engage in it. Now, my admonition to worship leaders is, yeah, like, hey, come on. Man, do a good job. Give your best. Pay attention to what you're doing. Pay attention to your people and love your people. You know, do your best to, to help them know they can trust you and that you're not out there just trying to, like, rock their world with this new great thing, but, but you're actually there to lead them in worship. Yeah, let, man, do that. Do that. Like, be, be that guy. Be that gal. Be that gal that they can look at you and be like, man, I love that guy. I love that lady. So I trust them enough that I'm going to go on this musical journey with them. Like, be that. I want to be that. I think at some level with many, maybe I am. If not, I pray that that we get there. But yeah, I got to go down the hall and I stand in the back of the chapel and uh, I listened to my daughter sing just as good. You're still just as good as when I met you. You're still just as kind. Don't let me forget that you're still the same God who brought me through the fire. You're still the same God who led me through the waters. Come do what only you can do. God, I need you. And I will build an altar and stack it stone by stone because every Ebenezer says I've never been alone. My faith will surely falter. that don't change what you've done because every Ebenezer speaks to where my help comes from. So I get to listen to my 13-year-old lead me in that all day long because I love her, I trust her, I believe those words and I want to hold on to that. That God is good. Even when times are hard, he's still just as good as he ever was in the best times. And that in those hard times, we can look back and we can take those stones of remembrance, those Ebenezer's, and be reminded where our help has come from. But see, I can guarantee you that there's people that will hear that and go like, I don't know that song. I've never heard that before. A lot of words. It's not as good as the old ones. And they'll miss out on such a deep message. I get it, though. I mean, don't get me wrong. Not everybody's going to like everything that everybody likes. And that's fine. That's like totally fine. You know what? Here, I'll just be a little more transparent here. Last night we sang Sweet Hour of Prayer. I'll be honest with you. I don't care for it. But you know what? I don't have issue with it. You know what? It worked for our people, and it worked for the church, and it worked for the time. It's an interesting song. It's a song that's like completely directed towards literally the sweet hour of prayer. A time where this person, the singer, the songwriter has set aside to spend with the Lord and that they look forward to it. And so they are singing about that time. Anything wrong with that? Not at all. 
Prayer is important. It's a discipline. It's what we should do. But is it like my favorite song? No. Did I lead it? Absolutely. And I did it happily. Did I get anything out of it? I sure did. I sure did. I thought about the importance of prayer. It reminded me of the importance of coming to the Lord and being disciplined to have that time of prayer on the regular. And it reminded me of times where I've had that time of prayer and I've, I've seen God do something out of it. And I didn't deserve it, but he was willing to answer in the way that I could see and understand. Do I like the song? Not really. But you see how that works? You see what we can do there? So I realized, like, uh, I'm going to wrap this up. I realized this was a little more intense than normal, but I wanted to talk about it. And I hope that if I've said something in error that you'll understand my heart. And um, if it's something I need to correct or I did wrong, I pray that you'll forgive me and that you'll let me know and I can make it right. I know I've wandered some on this because it's, it's kind of an inclusive kind of just thing I'm pushing out there. But ultimately, instead of, let's say, worship leaders, stop killing your people, I say, hey, people, don't kill your worship leader. Show them some love. Show her some respect. Engage. Help. Serve. Worship. Be encouraging. Hey, fellow worship leaders that for whatever reason you feel like you've got to like try to speak on everybody about what they should be doing, which I guess technically maybe I'm doing that at some level, so maybe I need to hear this. But instead of being down on your fellow guy, your fellow gal that's out there leading every week, lift them up. Write better articles. Write articles encouraging people to sing. Write articles encouraging people to pay attention to what they're singing. Write articles encouraging people to hop in the choir and feel the enjoyment of what that is. I had a teenager last night. He saw our choir warming up because we had a little bit of awkward schedule. And he looked at me. He was like, how do I get in that? I was like, well, Wednesdays at six, man, if you can figure it out, like you can come. He's like, I'm, I'm totally, I'm probably totally going to do that because he saw the intensity and the energy and the excitement that comes with it. Get people in that. Do that. Be that person. Encourage people to do that. It's not, and again, don't get me wrong. It's good. It's okay to have preferences. It's okay to stand up for truth, especially when it's very dogmatic truth that needs to be defended against. Like, absolutely do that. Please. But 99.9% after that, be the encourager. Be the help. Be the builder up of that person. I can't wait till I retire. Because I don't actually think I'm ever really going to retire. But what I mean is, is like when I'm able to be like really super flexible and hopefully like income is not like, you know, it's, it's a lot more like independent in that sense, like where it's like not, not a, you know, it's okay. Like, I, you know, basically what I'm saying is I want there to be a day where like I'm in a church and there's a worship leader and I like, I like take them, take this worship leader, him, her, whoever out to lunch like as much as they want and they can get whatever they want from wherever they want as long as they want. And I won't say anything about anything. 
I'm going to let them just talk about whatever they want to talk about. I'm going to avoid giving opinions. I'm not going to tell them what I think about anything other than I think you're great. I'm so thankful for what you're doing. And is there any way I can help you? Is there anything you need? Is there any, do you need a new microphone? Do you need a new body pack? How about in-ears? Can I get you a pair of custom in-ears? Like here, no, please get an appetizer, get the biggest steak and you can have a dessert too. I don't care that it's Ruth's Chris. Like I want to be that guy for whoever he or she is and like just take care of them because it is a big deal. And so like, as I like get ready to kind of wrap up, like, first of all, I want to say, um, the majority of people do what I'm asking people to do already. And I want to say like, if you're a person on the receiving end, that's gotten stuff like that, please know that the majority of people love you and are thankful for you. And please know that I support you and I'm thankful for you. And what you're doing is valuable and important to the kingdom. Do it from a place with a good heart and with a desire to lead people in the worship of the living God. And to all my peoples here that I get to worship with and to do tech with and all those things, you are amazing and I do love you. And I am here for you just as I know you're here for me. And I just, it's a blessing. Guys, be a blessing to people in every situation. Hey, thanks for listening. I know it's a bit different, but God bless you. Hope to worship with you soon.